Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Don't return evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but rather blessing. So the thing is, is when somebody is evil toward you, return a blessing to them. You don't have to be phony about it. What they're doing is not right, but you can, you can bless them. You can be kind to them, which is supernatural, by the way. Because whenever anybody does something evil to you, the very natural thing for us to do is to respond in like manner. But you and I are different. We have the Spirit of God in us. Therefore, we have the capacity now to turn the other cheek. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues in chapter 3 of Peter's first epistle to guide us through Peter's explanation on how we as followers of Christ are called to be a blessing to others. In our scripture today, Peter recalls how Jesus taught him not to return evil for evil, but to be a blessing even to those that do evil to us. And now, let's open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and follow along with Pastor Rob. Share the truth that he has given to you with others, and it's, it's going to fall flat on the ground unless God does something with that word. He did it on the day of Pentecost, didn't he? Peter, do you believe in the imminency of the rapture of the church? Jesus is coming back for his church. Do you believe it? I believe it. We've been waiting for quite a while. But the Bible says that to the Lord, one day or one year, or one day is like a thousand years, and a a thousand years is just one day to him. It seems like a long time for us, but things are winding down, folks. We can see it. So he says, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion one for another. This idea of compassion is sympathies. In the Greek, and it literally means suffering or feeling the like with another. When somebody is going through something, you know, I love what the, what the thing that's recently happened to me, you know, the scare that I had, and, and, and I really don't believe it's a scare anymore, honestly, but it did scare me for a while, and, and we'll find out the results soon, but I'll, I'll confess that I was. But going to that place, you know, is really good for me because now I'm going to be able to minister to people who have it. Because I'm going to understand what they, at least initially, what they went through. And I can comfort them with the comfort that I've been comforted with of God. Isn't that what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4? See, these things are all by God's design. He's changing us. He's teaching us. Amen? In Romans chapter 12, you know, this idea of compassion, 
Romans chapter 12, he says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. And be of the same mind one toward another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Finally, he says, verse 8 there, Have compassion for one another, and love as brothers. Love as brothers. This idea is Philadelphos. This word only occurs once in the New Testament. Here it is. We know the word phileo means a brotherly love, and that's quite, in, in the Bible quite a few times. But this word is very, um, pretty much like that. It's brotherly love, like the love we have for one another. You know, in the English Bible, we see the word love translated. Uh, it, it's, it's put there as love. But do you know in the Greek, there are many different shades of the word that our translators translated that into the word love. But in the Greek, those are different, very different words. And by context, we know this. I can say that I, I, um, I love my fat bike, right, Dave? I, love, I may love my fat bike. Um, do you know what a fat bike is? It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a bike for heavy people. No, just kidding. It's, uh, no, it, it's, uh, I, may, I may say I love my fat bike, but I can say, well, I love my wife. And by context, you know, well, there's got to be a very different uh, meaning between, between those two contexts, right? If I love my wife the same way I love as, my, as I love my bike, there's some problems. We've got to square away. I can also say I love my, my daughter. I love my, you know, my friends or you know, people that I'm close to. I love all of you. It's a different kind of love. And even in Hollywood, they represent a love that's all sensual. And that, that's a different word. It's eros. And then there's a love that God has, which is benevolent love, which means it's, it's, it's not dependent upon getting something in return. It's always self-sacrificing. And that's the kind of love which we know as agape. Agape love. But there is a difference between those words. But Peter is saying, Love as brothers, and that's the idea of brotherly love. Love each other. In Romans chapter 13, he says this. In verse 8, he says, Owe no man anything except to love. Agapeo. There's another, another facet of that word. Love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, and you shall not murder. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then finally, in verse 10, he says this. He says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Again, a different word for love, agape. And that is the kind of love that God has for us. He says, of all that kind of love, he says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Because a love is self-sacrificial. It's, it's self-sacrificing. It's not self-centered. It doesn't boast. Remember in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, love is not boastful. It's not unkind. It's not harsh. It's all those lists of things that we see. And there abides these three, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love. Finally, it says, be tenderhearted. We're still in verse 8 here. Be tenderhearted. Be sympathetic. Actually, it's interesting in the, in the original language. It says, having strong bowels. Having strong bowels. That's kind of fun, isn't it? In the, Engl- in, the, in the King James Version, it says, having bowels and mercies. And really what that means is to the, to the Jewish person, when they think about this idea of love, they, they, they think of it centering in this area in your body, right? 
In fact, they, they hold to the idea where this is the seat of all those intense emotions and desires, you know, such as uh, love and kindness, benevolence and compassion and all those things. So when it talks about bowels and mercies, if you've got a King James Version, that's what it's talking about. It's just a, a way of signifying that in here lies the seat of those emotions. And that's what it means. Having strong bowels, having strong affection, having a strong love, being tender-hearted, and finally being courteous, to be friendly. And then in verse 9, he says, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Reviling is just slander or speaking reproachfully against somebody else. He says, not returning, be courteous and tender-hearted, not, re- not returning evil for evil or reviling for, uh, for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. I want you to notice the action and the response or the cause and the effect in this verse. Because most people do exactly as the verse states, meaning if you do evil to me, I'm going to do it to you too. You say something bad about me, I'm going to say something bad about you. And so it goes. And it just keeps going back and forth, but... Peter is saying, don't return evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but rather blessing. So the thing is, is when somebody is evil toward you, return a blessing to them. You don't have to be phony about it. What they're doing is not right, but you can, you can bless them. You can be kind to them, which is supernatural, by the way. Because whenever anybody does something evil to you, the very natural thing for us to do is to respond in like manner. But you and I are different. We have the Spirit of God in us. Therefore, we have the capacity now to turn the other cheek. To instead of reaching out and lashing out, now we can say, you know what? You, you did something that really hurt me, and it's okay to tell them the truth. You really hurt my feelings. You know, you said this. And if the other person is right in their heart, they'll say, you know what? I did, and you know what? I just, it's a weakness of mine. I, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. And you keep forgiving them. Only by Christ is this possible. Only by the indwelling of the Spirit, I believe, is this consistently possible. So what are you going to do? Today, you're going to have an opportunity to put the feet on this truth. Are you going to return evil for evil, reviling for reviling, or are you going to return blessing to anything that anybody gives to you? It doesn't mean you have to be happy about it. It doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. There's a misconception about that. You don't have to be a doormat. You can speak the truth and tell them what they did wrong. It's, in fact, it's good to do that. Do it in a right heart. Do it without anger. Say, you know what? What you said to me really hurt me, and what you did to me, I'm really frustrated, and I'm having a hard time with this. Can't we be honest? Can you be honest with your family? How many, how many of us this morning are holding grudges and holding things back from people that we love, and we've never told them the truth? If you love them, tell them the truth. Is it going to hurt a little bit? Yes, but if, you're, if your heart is right in it, and pray about it. Pray and then do it. Get it out in the open. And let yourself be healed. Don't you think they can sense that there's something wrong and you just never told them? Their mind is going all kinds of places. Be the Christian and do the right thing. Tell them the truth and love them in the truth. And in doing this, 
God will see to it that you are blessed. Isn't that the golden rule in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12? Jesus said, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. All that stuff, it really sums up is in one thing. Do unto others as you would have to do unto them. Because if you really love somebody, you're not going to be a false witness. If you really love somebody, you're not going to be a murderer. If you really love somebody, you're not going to steal from them. If you really love somebody, you're not going to commit adultery with them. If you really love somebody, you're going to love them. You're going to say it, and your actions are going to corroborate that thought. So how important is it for words? Words are very important. You know, there's nothing worse than seeing somebody who has lived a long life and finally they're on their deathbed. And this happens all the time. And for those of you who work in nursing homes, you've seen this. At some point, they'll say, you know what? I had all the money. I had all the stuff that I wanted. But now here I am at the end, and my kids are nowhere to be found. They know I'm dying here in this bed. They don't want to have anything to do with me. And it's a shame that a human being can get to a place like that and for there not to be healing and restoration. But Jesus... Well, let me say this, in Romans chapter 12, didn't Paul say? We used to sing it here when the Bread of Life Christian Academy was here. I remember sitting right up here with a guitar around my neck, singing with the kids, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil. Right? And that's the song. And they learned that scripture. Through the song. But that's the idea. And we have plenty of opportunities to put that into practice. Today, you'll have that opportunity. So before you act, before you respond, before you speak, before you act, consider what we just read today. Romans twelve twenty one, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And Jesus was the best example of this. Remember when... Uh, in Isaiah chapter 53, and, and, and later on in the Gospels, in each of the Gospels, it has the, resur- or the, the, the crucifixion account. And all the time, Jesus is being ridiculed. He's being punched. He's being beaten. He's ne- he, it says in Isaiah, it sums it up really well in Isaiah 53, verse 7, He was oppressed. He was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And in fact, when he hung on the cross, what did he say? In Luke 23, verse 33, it says this, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Even while the Son of Man, God in the flesh, was hanging on the cross, did he bring a reviling? Did he bring a, a give evil for evil and reviling for reviling? No, he was like a, a lamb before its shears, silent. And there's a good example there for us to follow. It's the hardest thing to do in the world is to stop always trying to justify my actions. Because of my pride, I have to let you know. That's not me. I couldn't have done that. And it's very natural for us to do that. But rather, on the contrary, a blessing. Let's give out blessing. Be a blessing to those who are evil against you, who revile you. The word there is eulogio, and it's where we get our word eulogy. 
you know, having had uh, opportunities to be in, uh, to do funerals and things of that nature, you have a eulogy at some point in the service where people get up and they talk about how blessed this person was. You know, the, the things that they did, the, the, the things, the positive things, right? And that's what we are to do. We are to be a blessing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless. There's our word. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do, you, do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore... You shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The idea is mature in the faith. I mean, none of us are perfect. Only one is perfect. But the idea is maturity. Let's be mature. And put away all the silly little things, the little things that divide us. And take the hit, rather, of pride. If you're feeling like somebody did you something wrong, or are we that easily offended? The more I grow in the Lord, the less offended I am by things because I know who I am in him. And I have a clear conscience. I can go to bed at night. Do you have a clear conscience? Seek to have a clear conscience. And how do you do that? First, you confess everything that you can possibly know about yourself before God. Confess it and be honest with him. And and confess when necessary and be honest with those that you've offended around you. Get the record straight. And I tell you what, you'll sleep better than you've ever slept. And you'll know who it is you belong to. I don't belong to this world. I belong to him. And I know what he's doing, or at least I have some semblance of whatever he's doing. It's really wonderful and awesome. I'm content with that. Can you be content with that? Your life will change when you finally apprehend the grace and the love of God toward you. Then it no longer becomes, well, I've got to do this thing so that I can be accepted by God. Well, do you know that you're already accepted? If you're a Christian, you're already accepted. So why are you trying so hard? Just live the life. Just read the word. Pray. And when you make mistakes, confess them and go on. I can't make myself more holy. Neither can you. That's a work that God does. It's called sanctification. It takes time. It takes, it's a process. I don't know why, but God somehow, he's in the details of the process because the ends don't justify the means. Otherwise, he would have created a robot. But he's concerned about the middle stuff because this is where life is measured. This is where it all happens in this process of sanctification. And boy, he loves that part of it because he sees his glory on display. He sees the witness of his son's work on the cross in working out those things and seeing the changed life. To me, that's the greatest glory you could bring to God is a surrendered life because you're proving that what you did on the cross was sufficient. It was necessary. It was all that was necessary. All I need to do is yield now to it. And I yield by surrender by submitting to God. I surrender. We're going to have to stop there. I wanted to get a little further along here, but the message this morning, the title of the message, 
the blessedness of righteousness. You know, you think about these things, and let me just read this verse to you. It's, it's actually here in our text this morning. He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good and let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And I love the fact, do you love life? I really do. I love life. When you think of all the things that are going on, you know, I've caught myself saying, man, this life stinks. Have you ever said that? But it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm having a pity party because I'm not getting what I want. But when I think about the great gift that life is and the one who secured it for me, all of a sudden, instead of becoming a, half, a glass half-empty Christian, I'm a glass half-full Christian. You know the difference? If I'm half-full, my attitude is much better. But if I'm always talking about what's, what's, what's lacking, what's lacking, what's lacking, my whole attitude is colored. Everything I see is colored by my dissatisfaction. But when I'm a glass half-full Christian, it starts from the, the place of fullness. And my heart is excited and full. And you can have that too. You can have that assurance, that love, the blessedness of righteousness. Turn away your tongue from evil. Turn away your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Sounds like the Beatitudes, doesn't it? We'll get into that next week. But there is a blessedness of living a righteous life. Seek the Lord Jesus Christ and confess often and get before him. Spend much time with him in the word of God and let him thoroughly saturate your soul with his goodness. You will be blessed as a result of that. There is no doubt about it. And you know, I'm experiencing it right now. Love it. Let's stand and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in all of our mess. <laughs> Lord, you know the mess. You look at each one of our lives this morning, and Lord, you see the mess. And Lord, you're not upset with us because of the mess. Lord, you know you're the solution to the mess. And Lord, you know the places where we've gone away from you, that we've, we, instead of going your way, we've, we've listened to our own reasoning, our own thoughts, and maybe even caved into some of the cultural norms, God. But Lord, you know where we have made a mess. And Lord, we invite you this morning to come, and Lord, help us to understand this blessedness of righteousness. Give us the strength and the power, God, to turn away from sin in our lives, Known sin, habitual sin if, if for some of us. Help us to turn away from those things and, Lord, to immerse ourselves in your word daily, seeking you, Lord. You are the Prince of Peace. We need to seek peace and pursue it, Lord. Help us to seek you and live the peace and live the life before others, that they would say, what is that life that you have? i got to have what you have. 
Lord, would you please set us on fire? Would you revive each of us? Revive us, Holy Spirit, again. In your name we pray. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.